0: Welcome back, beautiful souls, to our 20th episode of Spirituality with Kae For the last two weeks, I've been talking about how there are different paths that we can take to reach self-realization, which means knowing who we truly are. We went over Bhakti Yoga, the path of love and devotion, and last week, Karma Yoga, a path of action or selfless service. Today, I will talk about Jnana Yoga, which is the path of knowledge. It is also the most difficult one. It took me a while to grasp, so if you're hearing it for the very first time, it may take some time to digest. This path is most suitable for those who are more intellectual in nature. Many years ago, when I was feeling lost, confused, and was going through all kinds of suffering and crises, I had so many questions on my mind. I would contemplate all day and ask myself, what is the meaning of life? What is my purpose here on this earth? What is happiness? I remember taking a course on the pursuit of happiness and discovered that all the things that I chased for whether it was climbing up the corporate ladder and making six figures, attaining one degree after another, coveting the latest Gucci and Louis Vuitton's, getting that rock on my finger, meeting more people to expand my network, and of course my friends list on social media, such and such, everything came down to my desire to be happy. Even the wish to find my passion and live a more meaningful life was really at the end to find happiness. So I would question, what is happiness? Some would say happiness is the absence of desire or happiness is the space between one fulfilled desire and the birth of another desire. Some others who believe that happiness is a direction, not a place, or that happiness is an inside job. For some people, happiness is letting go of what we think life should look like. For lovers, happiness is to love and be loved. Happiness is a choice. Happiness is about being present. Yogis think that happiness is not found in the material world, but rather it is found from within. We all have our definition of happiness. After learning yogic teachings and doing a lot of contemplation, what I realized is that happiness is our true nature. Happiness is what we are. Happiness is who we are. There's actually a Sanskrit term for this called Satchitananda, which translates as absolute truth, absolute consciousness, and absolute bliss. We are eternal blissful beings with all the knowledge within us, and we're here to realize ourselves. The practice of self-inquiry and questioning oneself to understand this truth is gyana Yoga. Gyana means knowledge and not just any knowledge. It's not the knowledge that we learn in school or at work. When we talk about gyana, we mean knowledge about the self. On this path, we use the intellect to move forward along our spiritual journey and return back to our true nature which is eternal happiness, or satchitananda. To achieve self-knowledge, this path involves receiving knowledge, analyzing it, contemplating on it, understanding it, and detaching the ego from the true self. That's why I talks about how karma yoga is the first step or the prerequisite to any path. Karma yoga, the path of selfless action, purifies us and helps us remove our ego. When I began to go deeper into my meditation and experience spiritual awakening, I had many existential questions such as, where will I go when I leave this body? Is reincarnation real? Do I have a soul? The one that intrigued my intellect most was, who am I? Swami Shivananda, a great yoga master, said, solve first the who am I problem. All other problems will be automatically solved. I remember sitting with a Jnana Yogi practitioner one time at a cafe, and he gave me this whole lecture on how we are not this body, we're not even this mind, we're not these emotions, we are not these senses, we're not these feelings, we're not the ego. He taught me that we are not the body or the mind, but rather we have a body, we have a mind. Instead of saying things like I'm tired, I'm hungry, I'm upset, or I'm angry, he would say, the body is tired, the body is hungry the mind is upset, the mind is angry. He would never use the word I because I is the true self and it cannot be upset, angry, hungry, or tired. I really thought he was crazy at that time, especially since we're sitting in the middle of the bustling streets of New York City after a meditation session. He was so unaffected by everything outside, almost like a monk. His mantra was literally, I am not this body. This body is not mine. Later, of course, I learned that I was the ignorant one who was identifying with all these temporary things in life. The body, the mind, the feelings, the senses. How could we ever find happiness in these things that are temporary and fleeting in nature? Teachings tell us that these things aren't real since they are always changing though I still think it was quite weird to be talking like that to modern people in cosmopolitan cities. But here I am, about 10-ish years later, sharing the same teachings in my meditation classes in another vibrant and bustling city in Asia. I even taught my students how to sing the same mantra that he was singing. Even for me, these teachings weren't easy to accept especially since I was overly attached to physical appearance. Back when I was studying in school, looks was so important to me. I would literally spend an hour getting ready every day, a few hours before social events or a party. Each night before going to bed, I would try on different outfits to make sure I look more than just presentable, in my point of view at least, for school or work in the morning. Looking back, I can't believe how much time and money I spent focusing on the external. What I find ironic is that most people today, and even for myself when I first started, practice yoga to look good, to become sexy, to look more lean, to look more beautiful. You know, I always get these kinds of answers when I ask students why they come to yoga. But if we dive deeper into these teachings, we learn that we are not this body. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't take good care of our body. Certainly, we should keep our body healthy because we need this vehicle to do our work on this earth. However, is it necessary to spend so much time and effort beautifying something that isn't real, something that is just temporary? In the ancient scripture, the Bhagavad Gita, the human body is compared to a piece of clothing, As a person tosses out old clothing for new ones. Likewise, at the time of death, our soul casts off its worn out body and enters a new one. Therefore, Krishna, who is the teacher in the scripture, tells us that we shouldn't identify with the body, but rather with the real self that is within. He says one should not grieve for growing old or having a disease that cannot be cured. Just as worn-out clothing are replaced by new ones, the soul of a person acquires a new body when the body gets old. Identification with the self instead of the body helps a seeker become detached from the limitations of the human body. According to Yuki teachings, thinking that we are the body is our biggest misconception. When we are unaware or ignorant of our true nature, we mistaken these false perishable vehicles or limiting adjuncts, like the body, the mind, for the pure, immortal soul. The Bhagavad Gita also teaches that the eternal soul was never born and will never die. I remember when my students would ask me when my birthday was, I would give them the same answer every time. We were never born and we will never die in hope that they can better understand the nature of the soul. And one was super sweet. She somehow found out the month I was born and ended up wishing me happy birthday for the whole month. And then another one somehow found out the day I put this new body on and sent personalized helium balloons to my studio. And instead of having the words, happy birthday on them, there was the quote, you were never born and you will never die on the balloons. There's actually so much to unlearn first before we can even dive deeper into spirituality. Great saints believe that unlearning is the highest form of learning. There's a traditional saying that a gyana Yogi loses every day while a scholar gains every day. When we're learning material knowledge, we need to add something, whereas when we're learning spiritual knowledge, we need to drop something or let go of something. Spirituality is a lifelong learning journey, a journey of unlearning and relearning. There's a technique known as neti neti, which means not this, not that. Jnana yogis use this meditation process to come to understand who they are, by eliminating what they are not. This process is about systematically dropping everything that we understand is not us. For instance, if we can see objects such as a pen, a desk, a yoga mat, then we know we are not this pen, we're not this desk, we're not this yoga mat. If we can see our arm, our legs, then we know that we're not our arm or our legs. The same thing applies for our emotions and feelings. If we can notice and feel our anger, fear, or jealousy, then we know that we are not these feelings. This concept is about separating ourselves from all the chaos and the misconceptions of the mind. We practice thing unaffected and not getting wrapped up in our own thoughts. What it comes down to is, anything we can perceive or experience, we are not that. When we train our mind to disidentify from the things it perceives, we start removing all the labels that we give ourselves. Again, wisdom is when we drop our identities, our ego, our beliefs, our opinions, and so forth. I feel adapting my mindset in this way makes me a more open-minded person because I'm no longer limiting myself, and I'm even detaching myself from all the ideas of the non-self. As I let go of the identifications, attachments, aversions, assumptions, and misperceptions, I start to see things more clearly and I understand better the world around me. If we think about it, this process is really figuring out what doesn't work for us in order to eventually find out what does work for us naturally. We might even use this kind of introspection in our everyday lives. Finding a job, finding a partner, finding a passion, etc., etc. This knowledge was given to us by the enlightened sages who attained the highest level of knowledge. They passed down methods such as nati, nati to help us realize our true potential or highest self or satchitananda. I am reminded of a famous Indian story I told during one of my retreats. We have bedtime stories at the retreats every night. Perhaps I can share this one before I end. Once upon a time, there was a lioness who was about to give birth. She was going around in search of prey, heavy with a child when she saw a flock of sheep and pounce on them. Unfortunately, she was shot with an arrow by the shepherd. In the effort and she gave birth to a little baby lion in the midst of the sheepfold. but then she died so the baby lion was born motherless but he wound up being taken care of by the sheep and they raised him like a sheep he grew up with the sheep he ate grass and he bleated like a sheep and even though in time he became a full-grown lion he always thought he was a sheep one day, another lion came along in search of prey and was astonished to see this young lion in the midst of a sheep and running away, scared like the other sheep at the approach of danger. The other lion kept trying to get near the sheep lion to tell him that he wasn't a sheep, but after all, really a lion. But the poor animal ran away each time the other lion came near. One day, the other lion found the sheep lion asleep on the grass and snuck up on him, terrifying him and holding him down with his mighty paws and kept saying to him, You are a lion. Why are you running around like a sheep? But the other lion, who thought he was a sheep, just cried all the more. I am a sheep. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. And he bleated and bleated because it couldn't believe anything to the contrary. So the other lion who knew that he was a lion grabs him by the scruff of his neck and drags him to the pool of water and said, look here, there's my reflection. And there's yours. You're a lion. The sheep lion looked at his own reflection and then looked at the other lion and then looked back at his own reflection again. And in a flash came the shocking revelation. That him, too, was actually a lion. Then he roared. The bleating was gone for good. Just like the lion, when we have knowledge and return to our true self, rather than identifying with what we're not, we're able to reach our highest potential, know our true self, and shine forth in everything. Spiritual knowledge or Guiana leads us from the unreal to the real, from darkness to light, and from ignorance to the truth. Thank you all for listening. If you have any sharing questions or comments, I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can find me on Instagram, KUN underscore. If you're in Hong Kong over Easter break, you can check out my sadhana retreats. I would love to have you join us. Find me if you're interested in it. Have a great morning or evening, wherever you are. The lights within me, bow so the divine lights within you. Namaste, everyone.